0: All right, what's up? What's up? Welcome in. Trying, we're trying, we're trying something new, y'all. But I, uh, the second I did it, I got an instant echo. So that's never good. We're we're trying to also stream to Instagram today, which is a completely different thing on our platform we use. The second I did it, it was like I entered a feedback loop from you, you know where that just, it was just. It was playing with the delay. So we're, we're going to try to get that here going in a second. And uh, tell you what, let's do something different. Chris, how about you tell everybody about Clint Hammond? Oh. And then up. you tell everybody what we're going to talk about. And then I'm going to try to bring us into the Instagram world as well. For the For those who don't already know, everybody has their way of listening, right? Preferred way. But we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter X. We are on YouTube. Best way to watch, in my opinion. Podcast platforms. So wherever you go, just type in Gamecock Central. You will find us on any of those platforms. And also, if I can make this work, we'll be streaming live on Instagram as well. So hold tight.
1: All right, yeah, let's tell the people about our presenting sponsor. longtime presenting sponsor. That's our good buddy, Clint Hammond, Movement Mortgage. Wes, I bet Clint Hammond is in his office fired up about mortgages and fired up about Gamecock football. South Carolina on a tear. And by the way, I will just loop it all in together. That's what we're going to talk about. Transfer portal, some new acquisitions, another big one officially this morning with Kyle Canard. We'll talk about that. But Clint Hammond, clinthamond.com. He's your guy if you're in need of a mortgage uh, if you've got any questions about it check him out 803-771-6933 he can help you out he's our longtime presenting sponsor we appreciate him and his team at movement mortgage check him out Wes as you continue efforting Instagram good luck to you hello to everybody out there and uh, yeah there's a lot to talk about man Um We will definitely leave some stuff out. So if you got questions, drop them in the chat. We will try to get to them. I admit we will not be able to probably get to all of them because there is a lot to talk about. But Gamecocks, on fire in the portal. They have been one of the – if you look at the volume, been one of the most prolific teams in the country in terms of the number of acquisitions that they have right now through the transfer portal. But not just volume there, of course. Also, plenty of quality in there. And so, Wes, I think since last time that we got on here, what are there three new transfer portal acquisitions, I believe, that we need to talk about? And uh, we're probably going to go out of order on this one. But let's talk about Kyle Kennard. That is the most recent one. And so that may be the one that's on everybody's mind Kyle Kennard out of Georgia Tech, this is one that came up, when we say it came up, when I say it came up late, um, doesn't mean he just came up all of a sudden on South Carolina's board, right? I'm sure South Carolina has an entire team in the recruiting office looking over transfer portal options, and so Kennard, as soon as he hit the portal, I'm sure was a the guy they knew about and, and set about getting, but. Came about a little later in terms of us finding out. This wasn't like a one-week runway where we're like, okay, Kyle Kennard will probably visit. It kind of happened maybe a a couple days before. They get him on campus this week, and then they were able to go ahead and secure a commitment. And, Wes, this is one that they beat out some very formidable portal competitors on because Kyle Kennard, who spent his first few years of college ball at Georgia Tech, visited FSU last weekend and was set to go to Missouri this weekend. FSU obviously did an incredible job in the portal last year en route to an undefeated season. A lot of portal guys helped them there. Missouri has done a really good job retaining their players and being active in the transfer portal. They've been really good in both of those during the 2024 recruiting cycle. But Kyle Kennard went to FSU, canceled the Missouri visit, commits to the Gamecocks, and gives USC another experienced option up front on the defensive line. And, and, Wes, there's been a lot of talk, rightfully so, about upgrading running back. But when you look at who South Carolina has been able to bring back from last year's roster at edge and defensive line, and then what they've been able to add through the transfer portal in Kyle Kennard and then another guy that I don't know if we've talked about yet. You'll have to remind me. Uh, pretty, pretty nice acquisition here in Kyle Kennard.
0: Yeah, we'll get to uh Dwarren Howell in a little bit, but uh, Kyle Kennard, and, and by the way, if you – I don't know if y'all can tell or not, but Instagram may have to wait another day. Just might not be in the cards. But uh, Kyle Kennard is in the cards for the Gamecocks, uh, one of the welcome homes from yesterday. And, you know, Chris, that it, it, it kind of just goes back to, hey, if you can add guys that can get after the passer, y- you should do it. And uh, obviously – he got to campus. He must have really, really liked what he heard, and then you know that that was that. It seems like man, these transfer portal recruitments—they're pretty cut and dry with a lot of guys. And you know, Kennard, it, it wasn't a one visit and done. He went to Florida State this past weekend. You know, there's some guys who are continuing to take some visits that South Carolina had in. I, I think you still feel pretty good about South Carolina getting like a Gerald Kilgore, and so. He was at FAU the last couple of days. He's going to West Virginia this weekend. So you do see guys take a couple of visits. But for the most part, you know, when guys find their home, it's such an abbreviated thing. It's such a sped-up time period that – or process, I should say, that guys are just like, all right, this this is where I'm going. I'm going to get this over with. And so uh, I think with Kennard, he obviously liked what he heard. And, I, you know, we talked a ton when South Carolina went out and got DeAndre Jules. I kind of speculated. Hey, does this mean we're going to see continue to see more and more three three five? And you know that that kind of takes away a little bit of the need. I think at like a an edge spot in a four man front because you're kind of spreading those traditional interior guys out across multiple um, you know spots up front. Well, Chris, you kind of look at it. You start you add a guy like Kennard that maybe lends you back to the other side where you say, I, I think best case scenario, you look at the guys they're they're adding, this could be a very multiple defense next year because you do have a lot of veterans. You have a lot of guys who've played a ton of ball. And one way to even things out, one way to even out if you're at a talent disadvantage, is to have guys that have played enough ball that you can do a lot of different things uh, defensively, schematically. So – you know, I, I think for South Carolina, uh, maybe that does open the window up a little bit for you to do that.
1: Yeah, great. So, sorry, I thought you were, had had another thought there, Wes. Um, it does, man, and, and I think we talked about this. I can't remember if we talked about this privately if we actually said it on the show, but regardless, I'll restate it. You know, it, it's nice to be able to go into a season, at least on paper, at least in theory, and be able to have that – multiplicity, like you said, where you can go in and say, hey, we don't have to be this, right? We're not going to have to be so rigid to where we say, hey, we've got to be a four-man front team or we've got to be a three-man front team. You know, South Carolina going to the three-three-five last last year in the back half of the season, they did find more success with it. Part of that was because schematically, they kind of found something that worked better. I think some of the guys in the secondary played a little better. Having Bam Martin-Scott, emerge and play more he certainly played a big role Jerron Willis pass rushing right did, did some things for him that was good right but you would like to be able to say hey we're gonna we're gonna rush four guys at times be, be able to just line up rush four. you think about the best teams in South Carolina history they played a four-man front they rushed four, usually and usually they were able to get quarterback pressure right pretty consistently and that's why, that's why they were so good. That and a load of NFL talent all around on defense, guys that could cover and guys that could get after the quarterback and go tackle and get after you. So uh, regardless of what we may think this team's primary identity may be, I do think you make a good point that when you look at the body types, they're going to have, I think, more flexibility than they had last season potentially. Uh you know that you needed to solve the problem of not having enough pass rush juice. I do think that's still a question, right? Kennard, while his numbers are maybe uneven, this is a guy that had four sacks in a game last year. You may say, well, he just had six total. He had four sacks in a game, right? (laughs) If you, you you have that type of demonstrated ability, you've got a super freshman coming in and Dylan Stewart, who is going to be a freshman. So you need to temper expectations, but, when you look at what he can do, right? Uh, you got Des Yumi on the roster. You got JT Gear, who was in year one here at South Carolina and, you know, had some injuries that at times hampered him. And then you've got some body types like TJ Sanders and Tonka Hemingway that can play outside in that three-man front for you. So just an interesting blend of guys and a good bit of experience in there, too. And that, that's not even to mention, you know, obviously left some guys out, including, you know, DeAndre Jules, who uh, is a guy who Pat Narduzzi, his former coach at Pitt, said has NFL ability at defensive tackle.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. So, all right, I actually do think we have invited our Instagram family into the show here for the first time ever. So hopefully the audio is working on there. But, uh, yeah, welcome in. We do this show uh, all the time. Normally, Chris and I, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 2 o'clock. So we'll try to keep doing that if it works out. I I think – it's working, so we'll see. I'm sure. I'm sure if it's not, they'll let us know that as well and tell us we suck. But Chris, the addition of Kennard was just um, w- one of many. As South Carolina has continued to just hammer the portal this week and have quite a bit of success, they have been hit. They've they've been hitting at a high pace uh, of guys that have visited. Uh, I think, and then even some of the guys that have not committed yet. Like I said, it, it's just. Couple of them you're waiting on. They just want to take some visits elsewhere. A couple of them, you know, maybe it's a situation like Elijah Green, where he's a running back. I think he sees the the writing on the wall that South Carolina's adding this guy, that guy running back, and maybe just wants to go be a feature back somewhere. So you, you get that. But for the most part, they've been hitting on a high clip of their transfers that have come in so far. And I see a lot of questions. I want to hit. Let's see there's a question from SC Scout guy, a question from Trent, uh, very similar about scholarships. And I'll tell you what for me man. I don't know. We we can talk about it. I I don't think the numbers, like the scholarship numbers I don't even think you I don't even think they're a factor anymore. <laughs> like y- yes the 85 at the end of the day as a coaching staff, do you have to make sure you're going to be under the 85? Of course you do. But I mean, dude, you remember the days traditional recruiting. You're sitting there. Oh, let's back count this guy front count. This guy. (laughs) Yep. Blue shirt, red shirt, gray Gray shirt, shirt. um, orange shirt. Like, you're just like, (laughs) there's all these different tricks to get under the 25. Yep. Or to hit the 25. And, you know, you can, you can take as many as you want per class now. And you just anticipate guys are going to leave. Dude, guys are going to leave in the spring. Like, I can't tell you who they're going to be. I can't tell you what position. Yeah. Somebody will leave after the spring. So, you know, we can sit there and count. Our boss, Brian Shoemaker, he's got a great scholarship breakdown. This thing is fantastic. So you can go look at it. You can go count. You can say, "Hey, they got this many scholarships left." I'm not saying you're wasting your time, but I just don't think it. I don't think it's a top ten of things that matter, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, the, the, I was actually. It's funny that this has come up so much, and and I've gotten it on the insiders forum too on Gamecock Central West, and I think part of it is because there has been such a flood of commitments people are going, man, like it has to slow down at some point in terms of the volume, and so where is South Carolina at? So it's a fair question, but in this new era, I think that's one of the things that has not gotten across as much is that with with the transfer portal in and out, with the relaxing of the rules like the 25 hard cap and just having to be under the 85, the question at any given point during the recruiting cycle of how many slots do we have left, Is almost irrelevant i mean it just it 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 almost doesn't matter it matters like you said man to the extent that the the people in the office have to be cognizant of it the the better question the more applicable question nowadays is how many slots do we need well you know what what are the positions of need and you you just look at running back right South Carolina had plenty of flexibility in numbers there because there are only two guys on scholarship. Regardless, right? They were coming into the cycle going, "All right, we need to take four running backs in this recruiting class, one way or another, combination of portal and high school." And they've hit that number, and they're they're in all likelihood done at running back. There's some others that you keep. A little bit more of a flex, you know, more flexibility with offensive line. Ideally, you would like to take two. You'd like to take a tackle and like a center type. You might just take one. I don't want to completely rule out none. You know, you, you prob- more probably more probably you end up at one. But there are some spots with some flexibility. But that is the more applicable question now, Wes, because it's not like South Carolina can go take everybody. Everyone take 29 transfers. They're not going to do that. There, there is. You have to be within reason. There is some limitation on it. But we never – every time now that you and I are kind of going over recruiting class numbers, we're always going over it in terms of how many guys so they want at this specific spot that they need, not, hey, do, do they have room for this guy. It just doesn't come up anymore.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, by the way, uh, it might be too late now, but shout out to our guy, Wendell Gregory, who just shouted us out on the Instagram live there. What's up, Wendell? Uh, Congrats, man, be signing with South Carolina. What, five days? Hard to believe, man, that class. uh, I mean, I remember following him back when he was like a junior and being like, I wonder if South Carolina can land this guy. So shout out to all those guys. I I see some familiar names popping up on IG Live. So uh, anybody that's signing next week, congrats to you. Obviously something to be extremely proud of and lots of talent in that group that's coming in. We, it's easy to get caught up in the transfer portal class, Chris, but we're going to dive a ton. I'm sure, I, I guess next week, probably Monday into some of the high school guys that are coming in. And there, there's a couple of remaining targets leading into Wednesday as well. Um, one of the big ones being DeBron Gatling, who former <coughs> Texas a and wide receiver that I, I think South Carolina is in, you know, pretty decent shape with it, it seems like. We'll see if other people are involved too, who who has jumped in. But Carolina did a good job getting him on campus for an official visit. I guess that was a I don't know how long ago that was now it was a month ago or so. But anyway, so Chris, let's keep it with the portal. Let's keep it with the commits. Jawaran Howell, I for my money so far, this is the most kind of underrated commitment that South Carolina has landed in the portal. Like this this is the guy to me that actually very much fits like a, a juice Wells mold in that obviously different position, but he was, he jumped right in at the FCS level and had a huge freshman season was just right off the, right off the bat. It was like, all right, this kid flew way under the radar and, um, Led the Miak in rushing eight yards per carry just about last year. Was FCS freshman All-American. Uh, big plays, has patience, size, speed, vision, complete back. And so, so, yeah, get excited about Rocket Sanders. Like, difference maker. Dude's a stud. Um, Oscar Attaway, just solid all-around back who's done it at the college level and uh, has done it several years. But I, I also think, man, as we get into Howell, who committed went public yesterday, um, th- this is a nice pickup for Carolina.
1: Yeah, you got to like that South Carolina has kind of staggered the the running back room in terms of the eligibility, Wes. Um, certainly could end up that Rocket Sanders and Oscar Attaway are both one-year guys, right? That, that's probably what you would expect but when you take another back
0: we lost you Chris Oh,
1: somehow I lost myself uh you, you would like that you would like that third back or a second back of course South Carolina has three you would like that guy to have more than one year of, of eligibility remaining and so that's exactly what you get with Howell and man at some point even if you look at the FCS level the MiAC level division 2 you can look at it and say, okay, that guy did this, but at that small level. But at some point, the numbers are so eye-popping that you you can't really ignore them. And so if a guy averages eight yards a carry at A level of football, that pops off the screen, right? Especially at that young of an age. Um, but then you look at just his size, his traits, and you, you go, can it translate? And it, it kind of reminds me, Wes, we, we were doing this same exercise with Mario Anderson last year, right? We're going, man, look at these numbers. He was a finalist for the Harlan Hill Trophy, which is the the Heisman at that level. He put up these crazy, had these huge numbers. Does this game translate? And we thought that it probably would, as it turns out it did. And so Howell's a much different type of back. But, man, you look at the size, you look at the physicality, some of the runs that he had last year where it looked like there wasn't much going on and he was able to make something of it. Uh, It's pretty impressive, and so this has the look. I I like the word that you used. I think you put this on on social media the other day, resourceful. I think that's a really good word to describe this pickup.
0: And, man, in in my opinion, this doesn't maybe apply to every single position. Um, You know, and not to say that if you're at the FCS level at another position that you can't step up and play at a higher level, but for running back – Dude, I I tend to I fall in the category of if you can play running back, you can play running back. Like, you're you're not going to average 8 yards a carry. You're not going to maybe have a 300-yard game this coming season like he did this past year against Howard, but you know, can can you go out there if if there's room to run, can you hit the hole? Can you find the hole? Like it are, are there going to be situations obviously at a lower level maybe you break that tackle? every time. Maybe at the FBS level you only break that tackle in that situation half the time because you're dealing with bigger, faster, stronger players that are trying to tackle you. Um maybe you don't get the corner a- as often at this level because guys are a little bit faster. Maybe their instincts are a little bit better. Uh, of course, like that the, the more you go up in level, the those things are going to change. It's going to change the dynamic of a particular play. But if you can run the ball and you can have that much success, as, let's not forget true freshman. Like he just busted onto the scene at SC State and was automatically, arguably the best player on the team at SC State. So I, I think, man, this, this makes a lot of sense. He's a somewhat local guy, obviously playing one year in the state of South Carolina. He's from North Carolina. And, you know, if you're South Carolina, Yes, Rocket Sanders is like the crown jewel, like the the flashy, um, the biggest get. He, he's the one that kind of puts this running back class over the top. But to me, adding in a, a guy like Howell, it, it kind of is the, it's the cherry on top, basically, of this entire class at, at the running back position. And, you know, who knows how he fits in as this thing goes on. Like, I, I would not write him off just because he's the youngest guy, just because he comes from a smaller program. There's a scenario where he really starts pushing for playing time next year, I think.
1: No, I could agree with you. And um, as we know, Wes, you are an injury away. You know, I mean, even if you said, all right, Jaron Howell is the fifth string running back as of right now, if that's kind of how you have it handicapped in your mind, okay. But we've seen some seasons where, South Carolina's been down to that, right? They've had a fifth-string guy be their starter due to injury or whatever it may be. And the one thing that I do think we've noticed, Wes, about this running back room is this – the staff seen bound and determined that we're going to get some depth in this running back room this year. Because, you know, last year, Wes, it was – the depth was kind of like you've got Braswell coming in, He's going to be a true freshman. You've got Juju McDowell, who is more of a – kind of serves a a niche, like a role at running back as opposed to being your every down type guy. you got Mario Anderson where there's some questions because he was making the transition from a a lower level to a higher level. And then to carry on joiner, he's played a good bit of ball but had literally never played running back. Contrast that now with this year. Juju back, Braswell in year two but now you're adding rocket Sanders who once rushed for 1400 yards in an sec season has played plenty of college football. You got Jawan Howell, who's a promising freshman. You've got Oscar Adway, who's a senior who's also played a lot of college football and he's shown some high level ability at running back too. So you already have more sure on paper depth, but I think just in reality, you have more depth at this position going in. So, you know, you, mission accomplished at running back in terms of adding some volume, but also adding some talent uh, to to this roster.
0: Yeah. I mean, dude, it's in a completely different spot. I mean, running back was a spot last year. We were talking about it as now as the preseason got closer and closer, as the start of the year got closer and closer, it kind of adjusted a little bit as far as what we were talking about, as far as concerns, but running back and edge, We're like your two biggest concerns on the entire roster, entire team going into last year. And then it sort of shifted. At some point, we looked around and we're like, wait a second. Offensive tackle for next year is going to be really, really tough, um, you know, to fill. And then when nobody stepped up and took the offensive tackle spot in the preseason, that's when we were really like, okay, like alarms are going off. But running back, I mean – we talked about it all offseason, that it's a question. And, you know, they had to move DK to that spot. And, you know, you ended up having to play a freshman at the end of the year and kind of just throwing them out there. So I, I think they were bound to determined that they were not going to have that happen again. But when you add a Rocket Sanders into this mix, man, that that's – when when he's right, when he's at his best, this is a, I think – conservatively a top half of the SEC feature running back. And that's in a league that is loaded every single year at that position. Like, you can change the names every year. It's like Clayton White talking about the team South Carolina played this year. It's like, okay, yeah, Ray Davis is coming in. Hey, man, Ray Davis is a great player. But guess what? So was the guy we faced last week. The guy before that. The guy before you face great backs in this league all the time. But if you're Carolina, you're now in that. You're now on that list where you have a great player as well.
1: Yeah, it's nice to be on that other side, right? To especially with what you saw and and look, Mario Anderson did do some really good things for South Carolina, but he he gave a struggling run run game a shot in the arm. But it's not like South Carolina ran for. 200 yards a game, even when he got into the lineup and started, uh, you know, having some quality performances. And so to have this depth, to have a guy that, again, 1,400 yards. Wes, you were reading off some uh, stats from that 2022 season and listing off, I think Rocket was, what, second in the league in rushing that year, and listing off some of the names. Like, Chris Rodriguez was, like, way down the list from Kentucky. And, I mean, there were just so many great backs, and he was in the very upper echelon of that. Uh, You've got a dude there who can be your lead guy, but you have, I think, not just some depth, but some legitimate depth. I think South Carolina staff, Dow Loggins, I think he's going to feel much better about the running back equation uh, this year as opposed to last. Wes, do you mind, before we forget, if I hit a couple things here? Yeah, we'll take it. over real quick. So, quick quick question from Will McLean. Braden Lee, flip watch to Maryland. That is something we've been watching, Will. Uh, I see a lot of questions. We, we've had a lot of updates on this stuff on the Insiders Forum, on Gamecock Central, whether it's on the board, Carolina Confidential, the Insider Report. Had a dedicated report to Lee the other day. There have been some good indications for South Carolina lately, but I will say – Heard enough. Going to keep watching that one for sure up until the 20th, although after Beamer's in-home with the defensive staff. That one looks better than it did, but still watching it. Uh, Burley says, I heard a rumor aliens are coming. That is correct. They are. And then I want to tell everybody, Wes, real quick about our friends at Ariat. We've got the ultimate Gamecock fan survey. Ultimate South Carolina fan survey going on from our friends at Ariat. Check them out. Incredible boots, western wear, wear, all sorts of stuff. And what we're doing, Wes, is we are giving out, for those that want to fill out this survey and just tell them tell us a little bit about them as USC fans, what you like to participate in, we're going to enter you into a drawing to win an Ariat prize pack from our friends at Ariat. Ariat, the Harrisons they were instrumental in getting DeRude to South Carolina for the Kentucky weekend this season. So if you enjoy that, if you enjoy awesome Western wear, boots, apparel, check them out. I'm dropping the link right here in the chat, in the comments. You can check it out. Go fill it out. No purchase necessary, and you'll be entered into that drawing. Wes, turning it back over.
0: I'll take the reins. Um, I was sitting here laughing, man. Our guy. For the, uh, most of you, some of you at least know him, Kev Roche. He was actually on the basketball podcast. Uh, what are they? Do they call it the hard foul? Is that what they're called? That's it. it. Yep. He was on the hard foul with the GC guys um, earlier this week. So go check that out. But on Twitter, Kev, uh, the Kev Roche evaluation of Kyle Kennard <laughs> has uh, has entered the chat. Have you seen this? I have, of course, yes. All right. Kev. This is great. 6'5", Edgeman. 6'5", Edgeman, with ACC experience. Stats. And arms so long, they appear to attach separately like a customizable action figure. (laughs) (laughs) Also had four sacks in the game last year. And someone who was on FSU's campus earlier this week. Yes. Decent get, in my opinion.
1: Well said. Summed it up pretty well, right? Very well said. We need Kev to write scouting reports on all Gamecock commitments and targets. And then we'll rip yeah. them off and read them on the show. It'd be phenomenal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would read those, man, for sure. But uh yeah, Kennard, by the way, I don't know if we've mentioned this on today's show. Um he's pretty he's actually pretty high up there in these portal rankings. Like they and they, they do, I mean, they fluctuate a lot because especially early on. It's like, I, I think when we first started talking about Chris Mitchell, the receiver who ended up transferring to Notre Dame, I think he was like the number one guy in the portal. And so when you first, when the portal first starts, what you look at and then what it ends up being, because so many guys are adding their names to the portal, it, it just changes a lot. But now it does start to normalize a little bit. And it was weird when I was looking last night at Kennard in preparation for today. I think he was seventh in the portal at the edge spot. Now, for some reason, somehow he's sixth, but he's sixth for on three. He's eighth for the recruiting on three recruiting industry ranking, which like averages them all together. So on 24 four seven rivals. And so so either way, the sixth or the eighth best edge prospect in the portal. Uh, you know, which is obviously pretty good, especially considering this is a guy that wasn't really on our personal radar. Um, you know, until fairly recently, you know, when we heard he was going to visit South Carolina. So, uh, you know, I, I think those rankings, I think the rankings don't quite mean as much when you're talking about a guy making that jump from FCS to FBS. They're a little bit more conservative on those players most of the time, especially early on before they gather information. Like, Jordan Howell, he was he was like not ranked at all. And then, you know, he commits to South Carolina. They look at him a little bit. Now, I think on all three, he has an 87, which is kind of like a mid to high-ish tier three-star. But um, Kennard, he's a four-star. Rocket Sanders, he's a four-star. I think the FCS to FBS guys, you look at Juice Wells when he transferred to South Carolina. I don't think there was a ranking by his name. But then as time went by, some of the transfer portal writers who like really pay attention and started diving in, they were like, oh, wait. Like I I remember Juice being like, oh, this is a top 10. On three was like, this is a top 10 FCS to FBS transfer. So it, it takes a little time on some of these for it to even out and normalize and information to make its way to the national level. Whereas uh, I think like a Rocket Sanders. It's already pretty obvious this is a top 15, top 20 type portal uh, edition.
1: And South Carolina, Wes, I mean, if whether you look at the rankings or consider the volume, I mean, th- this is one of the top portal classes in the country right now. You use the word normalize, uh, that will normalize a little bit over time because some other schools are going to add some volume to their classes. And, and of course some quality as well. I do think when this particular portal cycle shakes out still ways to go, it started on December 4th, the windows open for 30 days. So we're well, it's running halfway through technically. And there's another portal window next spring, of course, as you mentioned earlier on the show, um, South Carolina, I think, though, is going to have one of the better portal classes in the country. and um, We'll be able to look back and properly assess in a few years. Heck, maybe even after next season, we may be able to properly assess it because a lot of these guys are going to factor in immediately and maybe just for one year. But this is a a quite strong portal class, I think, for the Gamecocks and could end up being – Maybe Shane Beamer's best, maybe the more, you know, there have been some good ones. There have also been some ones that, you know, didn't impact maybe the way you thought they, they would. Um, I think this class has an opportunity to have a pretty good hit rate on it. And ultimately, that's what you want, right? There's going to be some guys that are going to factor in immediately as starters. There are going to be some guys who are more depth guys. There going to be some. Uh, that maybe they fact in a, factor in a bit this year and then more down the road, like Howell, for instance, some guys that have multiple years. A, a Gerald Kilgore, if he eventually jumps into the class, you know, could fall into that category. So it's a good bunch so far. They've hit some needs. They've still got more needs on the board. So it's going to end up being a pretty pretty big portal class at the end of the day.
0: For sure, man. Um, got a question from Jackson here. think Kennard will start immediately. I think he'll be in that mix, you know some some of that, Chris. I think will be determined by: are, is this going to be a three-three-five structure? Is it going to be a four-two-five? What's the What's the structure look like up front? You know, are, are they going to kind? Is it going to be where you have two true edge guys on the field, or is it going to be more? Hey, it's a three-man front, so you're getting some more weight, uh, you know, some more girth up front. I, I don't know. I, I think certainly, I look at the defensive line next year. I think they're going to have a lot of co-starters again. Like it's going to be or you know this guy or this guy on the depth chart and they're all going to just go play a bunch. I think um SC Scout guy and I think we had a question on Instagram as well asking about quarterback Scout guy particularly asking about AJ Swan and he uh he wants to know is you know South Carolina still involved. AJ Swan going to LSU this weekend. That was another one of those where he visited South Carolina. We heard some really good things. It was looking pretty good for South Carolina, but you were wondering, all right, does he take other visits? Does he take other trips? LSU was already mentioned as a possible destination. Come to find out, yes, he is visiting there. So that will be one. It it gets hard to predict once a guy leaves your campus and then ends up on another campus. So we'll see. But certainly South Carolina, I think, would still love to add him to the mix. Let's see. Question about Braylon Staley, any chance of flipping him? I'd be absolutely shocked if, uh, at this point if Staley does not sign with Tennessee. Tennessee in uh, great shape to go ahead and hold on to him. Carolina made their push. It just didn't quite happen. And let's see, Chris. I think we got another question on the Instagram. Um is the O-line from Texas Tech still on campus? That would be Monroe Mills. I, I don't know if he's still on campus or not, Chris. Do you know? If, I mean. Don't know that, if he's
1: left yet. Nope. Don't know. Yeah, it's 243
0: left. right now if you're listening on the audio version later. 243 on Friday. I don't know. Guys, the, the OVs for Transfer Portal, they can be all different lengths. So, for the most part, a traditional OV weekend kind of has a structure to it. The guys get in Friday night, they have a full day Saturday, they have a busy Sunday morning, and then they're kind of just a lot of times hanging out at the hotel early Saturday, or excuse me, early Saturday afternoon, and then they're they're heading on at some point depending on their flights. So most of them have a similar structure. Transfer transfer portal visits are just much more um, you know, it, it could be at any time, they could be short, they could be long. Uh, they can be a full normal length. They can be, hey, come by for five hours. You know, so it, it can be very, very different. Also, a question on there, Chris, about visits this weekend. The main one, the one, the only one right now, I would say, that's confirmed, unless something else has popped up, would be Ball State's Brady Hunt, a, a tight end prospect.
1: Yeah, we've gotten a lot of questions. If there's any others coming in, um, it could be Wes that we get some calls, texts, emails, telegrams, anything like that in the next few hours. And, hey, these five guys are on campus this weekend. But right now Hunt's the only one that we know about. South has made some efforts to, you know, get some other ones in that are not locked in as of yet. Again, there's there's going to be more time um, throughout the, the, the rest of the portal to continue recruiting. Guys do have a dead period coming up here. Uh, but Brady Hunt is coming in. That will be, you were mentioning interesting timelines, West differing timelines. That'll be a shorter official visit, just because my understanding is Brady Hunt has something going on tomorrow with his family. So probably a Friday to Saturday visit. Uh, but nonetheless, this is one where South Carolina's thought to have a pretty good shot with him and would be a really good pickup. 6'6, about 250, uh, missed last year, but had a really, really good 2022 campaign. and obviously
0: a guy that they want to add to the class. No doubt, man. Uh, we'll give a, a, a GC Live shout-out to our guy. I was distracted here for a second. Our guy, Oscar Attaway. I was actually working on having him on as a surprise guest today. I didn't want to um, say it was going to happen, but um, apparently he's, he's currently traveling. Not going to happen today, but uh, we'll give a, a special shout-out to him. Efforting having him on the show next week and, and maybe some other Portal guys as well. It up on with us, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, Oscar, very, very excited to, to be a game cock. And Chris, let's see, we had another question on Instagram that I wanted to get to, not transfer portal related, but um, is South Carolina looking at any players in the Shrine Bowl? So, yeah, no, um, no real like targets left at the Shrine Bowl, Chris, but uh, several guys committed. I think my connection's getting choppy on y'all, so I'll let Chris talk about the guys. But Josiah, Cam, and Kelvin Hunter, the three commits who are there.
1: Yeah, you look perfectly fine on, on this end, by the way, Wes. I think you're good. Yeah, Kelvin Hunter, uh, future safety, maybe nickel for South Carolina, special teams player, long time, just solid commitment. Uh, and then, as you said, the, the offensive lineman there. And I think, man – Josiah Thompson, I said this the other day, but I'm going to restate it anyway. You look at him, Alabama and Clemson made runs late, unsuccessful, huge to hang on to him um, because he was a coveted guy throughout recruiting. He was a coveted guy kind of at the end here as some schools assessed their needs and decided that, hey, we should try to make another run at this guy because he's one of the top offensive linemen in the country, if not the top offensive tackle prospect in the country. Yes, needs to add some weight for the college level West, but just checks, really all the boxes that you want for a big time offensive tackle prospect. And as much a guy, as much as a guy at his size, who's a five star, mm. at a position that has been talked about so so much last year and this offseason can fly under the radar. He he almost has, so a huge huge get for South Carolina.
0: I think. Yeah, and um, I let me correct myself cam pringle was invited to the Bowl. i said cam earlier blake franks also offensive lineman committed south carolina he he is there at the Bowl, so it was going to be all three of the guys but cam not playing i think he's banged up but uh blake franks i was actually there monday and got a chance to see some of those guys as much as you can actually see in uh you know this practice situations but Josiah man that's a that's a big old kid right there very athletic very light on his feet we'll be curious to see he's already reshaped his body some but like you said we'll need to um keep putting on that weight as is the case with almost I feel like every offensive lineman set for a rare couple each class either have to gain weight or lose weight when they get to uh you know the next level so Josiah no different but certainly. A uh, an outstanding prospect and someone that I think is South Carolina's future starting left tackle, you know, one day. So uh, let's see. Running out of time. What have we not hit, Chris? Surely there's there's something. Oh, McCully saw a question about that. Not visiting South Carolina this week. Uh, We pretty much I think have that confirmed on the South Carolina end. And then if you look at the big picture there, reports coming out, Matt Zenitz, national reporter, twenty four seven, saying that it's looking like he's going to return to Indiana, and you know, Chris, that visit was kind of on again, off again. I think Carolina wanted to make it happen. I think rightfully so. Like, really, I mean, I'm a fan of his game, but I, I think f- finding the true, like, what you would call wide receiver one, like a a big kid who can run play an outside receiver position, kind of play the X, be a primary target. Those guys are actually hard to find and and good for Indiana. They obviously did what they needed to do to to keep him in town.
1: Yeah, you're going to see this some, West with guys hitting the portal and the former school, you know, making a big effort to bring it back. And so that that would be big for them. Um, He's a really good player, great size, range, great production last year. In um, South Carolina, you know, we know that they need a couple of receivers. They've got two smaller, quicker, faster slot slot type of guys in Jaden McGowan, who can also factor in on special teams as a returner. You got Jared Brown. But they need, with a couple more slots, to get some guys who are your, like a number one type, you know, a, a Xavier Leggette type. Um, that's what they need. And so th- there are guys out there. There'll probably be more that jump in the portal after bowl season. You do still have a spring window, of course. And so if you're South Carolina, you don't want to reach because this is important, but you have to balance that with actually going out and getting a couple too. So McCauley probably won't be an option, uh, but there's some other ones out there. There's a question about Cyrus Allen. He does not look as, as likely for South Carolina. They have not opted to bring him in so far for a visit. Uh, DeBron Gatling from high school, from the high school ranks, he's really the main high school guy, West that we're still tracking. He is actually uh, still up in the air as to whether or not he will sign in five days on the 20th. From my understanding, we previously reported that on Gamecock Central. And so we'll continue tracking it, and we'll see what happens. If he does, that might end up being good news for South Carolina, Uh, but we just don't know quite yet.
0: Yeah, dude, I mean, I I don't think we have enough information. Like, we don't have as much information as we normally do on stuff for me to, like, feel comfortable – Just saying, hey, you know, Gatling's a lean to South Carolina. Like, I I feel like he plays things pretty close to the vest. But certainly, just reading the tea leaves there, it kind of feels like, and the fact that he did OV to South Carolina, that if he signs now, you would at least give them maybe a percentage chance to, uh, the highest percentage chance to land him. If he waits, then it's like, uh, a thousand things could happen at that point. Uh, new teams could get involved. New visits will take place. The OV sort of maybe gets a little bit more in the distance for South Carolina. And, and then, you know, who knows what happens. So that, that, I mean, right now, he's probably the guy we're tracking the most right now. Yeah. Um, we we got a thousand questions on Daniel Hill. So let's just hit the hit that. I mean. It seems like right now, you know, let's look. Carolina's added several guys to the running back room. Mississippi State potentially made a move this past week with Hill. Alabama's still in it. You know, most things maybe point to him not ending up at South Carolina.
1: Yeah, the way I'd classify it, Wes, was, um, you know, it looked for a long time like South Carolina would be able to wait out all the other schools. But there there was an expiration on that at the same time, you know, because you look at the Hill situation and you got a few factors. Number one, despite his very public affinity for the school, he hadn't been on campus since June. Um, you also look at the fact that, and, and I'll say that again, this is very, very public. His father uh, has very publicly said he'd like his son to go to Alabama. And so, even if you go south, even if you're South Carolina, if you say, "Well, Daniel seems like he wants to be here," you just don't know. And so, your options are to to wait that one out and see, or you go fill your needs. And that's kind of what they've done. They've got Dan, they got Matt Fuller committed in high school. They've filled their needs with three portal backs, and that's kind of where things are at. You know, I think there's kind of an expor, expiration to that. I, I said the other day on Gamecock Central, I don't know if I'll change my prediction to. Mississippi State, or Alabama. Not quite mm-hmm. sure yet, Wes, but it'll be one of those, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah, cool, man. And uh, lots of questions about juice. Nothing new on juice right now. And uh, will asking any more public or any more welcome homes that have not become public. No, all of them are out right now. All of them are public. And we are out of time. But first, going to tell you about our friends at Liberty Tax, 803-462-5576. Tax time right around the corner. Go ahead, get a head start. Make sure you're well prepared. Our friends at Liberty Tax here in the Midlands, three convenient locations. My friend Larry, big-time Gamecock fan. He and his team, they're going to take great care of you, just like they take care of us here at Gamecock Central. 803-462-5576. If you got to do your taxes, which we all do, why not do them with somebody who is a huge supporter of your South Carolina Gamecocks? Only makes sense. All right, y'all. Hope y'all have enjoyed it. Big numbers again. Shout out Instagram for hopping on here this time. We got some people on there listening or watching. I can see uh, that's something new. We'll try to keep doing that. Hopefully, the connection there will get a little bit better in the future. That's a brand new thing where Instagram allows outside sources to um, do that. Also, real quick, y'all. If you go sign up on Gamecock Central right now, um, now until signing day, you will get, I don't have a graphic for it ready, but you will get 50% off your first year if you're not a subscriber. So if you're a listener and you've just been holding out, holding off, um, I, I don't like to brag on our stuff. I like to just let, let it do the talking. But come give us a chance. Give us a shot. 50% off your first year. If you don't want to do the full plunge, you can actually get two months for $1 with the promo code SCAR, S-C-A-R-1, SCAR1. So any of those options are good for you. Um, y'all have a great weekend. He's Chris. I'm Wes. Plenty more coming up next week. Early signing day. Portal tracking continues. And who knows what else pops up. Always something going on in game cognition. We appreciate y'all being along for the journey with us. Y'all have a great weekend. We're out.